Hi everyone, this is Nitroid. Before we get into the latest episode, we want to thank you for supporting the show and give you a quick update on what to expect in the future. To start, Fingers will be taking some personal time and will be absent from the show for a bit. During his absence, speedrunner and friend of the show Apache Smash will be filling in. He was previously a guest in episode 38 and more recently played Metal Gear Solid 3 in Summer Games Done Quick. We're really grateful to have him on. We're also going to be transitioning the show to a bi-weekly schedule rather than releasing an episode every week. As much as we want to keep up our normal schedule, the truth is that with the growing demands in each of our lives, we're having a difficult time keeping up while maintaining a consistent level of quality, and we don't want the show to suffer for it. By spreading out our releases, we'll have more time to better prepare for each episode and more flexibility when inviting guests on. Again, thank you so much for listening to the show and for all of the support you've given us. Without you, we wouldn't be able to do this at all. Now, on with the show. Hey everyone, this is Days Ahead. Yo, it's Apache Smash. And I'm Nitroid. You're listening to the Kojima Frequency. I got a house showing I'm going to tomorrow afternoon, but I will mind like when I'm available, I don't mind like sitting down and like helping any way I can with editing this recording. God, I'm going to need it. I won't, I won't mind having to go at it. I've not yeah, really we done all anything just, like that before, but I'll just give sit it a go. together. Yeah. And with enough shoestring and duct tape, we'll make a podcast. Yeah. If if we ever needed thoughts and prayers, now's the time. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, just think about it. They replaced, they, they lost fingers. You think about everything he can do, right? They lost fingers. Hey, and we, hey, hey, hey. we didn't me. lose him. We just temporarily misplaced him. <laughs> and now they've got me instead. Think, think about it. We, the put him in a, we put him in a hyperbolic time chamber, and then we, we got a short list of people who we could get, and uh, Apache was on the short list. <laughs> they all you said no. The short straw, more like. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's that's pretty much what's going on here. Apache is going to be joining us for the next few weeks. I don't know what else to say because I feel like I'm going to be really biased because we're kind of like shitposty together. But uh, you probably know him as the guy who speedruns MGS3. Uh, and lately he's been doing it blindfolded. But I'm going to let him introduce himself, even though he's been on the show before. I feel like I changed since the last time I came on the show. Like, uh, I feel like a different person. Did so much in the time since the last show. Like, uh, I did GDQ, which was like my whole goal when I got into speedrunning. It's the first thing I ever wanted to. Uh, I saw someone at it and I was like, I want to do that. So I saw Jaguar King run MGS3 and I was like, I want to be better than this guy. I want, I want to run at this event. And uh, yeah, like two, what, like three, four weeks ago now, I've done it now. Yeah, man, you got there. That was amazing. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it's set in yet. But uh, yeah, I did a Metal Gear Solid Three uh, wearing a tuxedo, and it raised twenty thousand dollars alone for Doctors Without Jeez. Borders. Just wow. to wear it, just to wear it, and I wore one in real life. And the contrast is, people, you know, donated twenty thousand dollars for that, and I bought the tuxedo I wore from a charity shop for about fourteen pounds. <laughs> I'm proud of that one. So, what was harder, the run or having to do the run in tuxedo? Like in an actual tuxedo. I only wore the top half, so you can't see it on the camera. But I had. Um, Were you in like your I boxers had... under? No, no, no. <laughs> like there, from there the desk whole thing. No, no, like because uh, Mike Uyama, when I was talking to him, like the guy who runs GDQ, I was telling him I'm going to wear a tuxedo, but it's only from the top up, and he was like, "Oh God, don't stand up." And uh, <laughs> but I, I didn't have boxers on. I had Hawaiian shorts on because it's like so hot in my room. I had like a lighting set up. Um, my computer, the PS3, and it's only a little small box room I was in. Uh, so it was so, so hot. And this was like, you know, middle of summer. There was a heat wave here and everything. Um, I couldn't have a fan going because you could hear it on the mic. So to compensate for that, I just had a pair of shorts on as well. So you were just toasty that whole time. Yeah. I, I, and obviously it's it's nerve-wracking, right? Because it was like 70,000 viewers uh, when my run started. And I followed uh, a guy called KZ Fru, who's an extremely popular Twitch streamer, Grand Theft Auto runner, um, and he's like very charismatic. And I'm not um, 
you know, I'm not like super, I, can't, oh, I don't know what the word is. Like he's constantly excited while he's doing his run. I don't play like that. Um, so I was really nervous following him. My hands were shaking like crazy and I, I got through it. I think it was a really good run. I mean, do you yeah. feel like the pressure to constantly keep up conversation and talk about what you're doing while you're playing? Like that would drive me crazy. I, I know I couldn't do it. Like I trying to focus first... on all these strategies while it's, I mean, I'm sure for you when you've done it so many times, it becomes like muscle memory, but the thought of doing that while also keeping up interesting conversation and like some people when they stream, well, not stream, but when they speed run, like they're also cracking jokes the whole, like, I don't know how you can, you know, do those two things at once. It kind of blows my mind. You just, you, you get to choose your own co-commentators, right? And you choose people who are really experienced and you have to know that you can stop talking at any moment during your run and they will just fill in all the gaps of anything that needs to be said. So there's a lot of like trust. I had Jaguar King and Mini Omega King, like two people who know the run inside out. And they're at a point with me where I could just go, I'm going to stop talking now and they will just say everything that needs to be said. So that takes a lot of the pressure off. And now like you got to do your little like, the end in the boss speech, which is seems to become a meme now. <laughs> Everyone keeps asking me to say it in, in my stream and stuff. <laughs> I feel like I have to say I feel like I have to say it now. Uh, <laughs> Alright, so whenever I finish Warehouse 2 and I'm heading up to a certain boss, I always say this next part is the end. It's not the end of the run. It's a boss called the end. There's also a boss called the boss, but that's not this boss. That boss is at the end. And I never say it on my stream. I only ever say it during um live performances like i said it first my first ever mgs3 <laughs> run which was like a year and a half ago i said it and people loved it and i was like oh that's pretty funny i like thought of it like two days before so it was rehearsed i rarely ever put rehearsed like bits into my runs as well I prefer to keep it natural um but i put that one in and, and people always buzz off it so i just i had to keep it in there and say it to you know seventy thousand people well it's one of those lines that's so good that i'm surprised no one's ever said it before People people call it uh, Abbott and Costello. Like it's yeah, kind of those, like who's those... on first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm proud. I'm proud of that one. Well, and and then you also did like ESA, right? Yeah, ESA. I've I've done the live event of ESA, so I, I actually flew to Sweden. Um, the last in person event before COVID, actually. Uh, so I traveled to Sweden, and they put me on at eight o'clock in the morning in winter in Sweden, which is freezing, by the way. And no one was awake because it's a speedrun event, right? No one's awake at 8 a.m. These nerds are up till 5 o'clock in the morning playing computer games. So there's just one guy in the audience on the video. But that had like <laughs> that had like 20,000 viewers on Twitch. But there's just one guy in the audience behind me for the first half of the run. I don't know your name, but you are a legend. That was like my first one. So I did the online one as well. And I wanted to do something different. I didn't want to do like... You know, European Extreme MGS3 has been done at events. It's been in GDQ three times. It's been at ESA with me doing it. I wanted to do something different. So I routed out um, all camos and face paints. So it's just every camo and face paint that you can get in the run while playing on European Extreme. So that, that that was really cool to do as well. Yeah, that was that was cool. And then nowadays you're straight up like Kenshi in uh, fucking Mortal Kombat <laughs> trying to play MGS3 blindfolded. It just keeps getting like weirder. <laughs> I think I think I've had an obsession for a while where I've I've played Metal Gear Solid three for like two years straight, and I love it. Like every single I don't I don't begrudge playing it. I don't wake up and think oh god I got to play this game again. I, I love it so much I want to play it more, but I have to come up with new ways to play it so I'm not doing the same same run repeatedly. And uh, no one's no one's done Metal Gear Solid three blindfolded before, and I've never done blindfolded speedrunning before. But I just started i got through all the bosses and now i'm working my way through the rest of the game so maybe you know gdq esa next year uh that's what i'll be doing there that'd be sick uh also i think we told you this last time but you gotta get used to the awkward silences um, oh yeah i'm so i'm got, yeah well yeah we me. gotta we gotta get into a groove with you here <laughs> i mean we started talking about Star Trek as soon as we jumped on our first like work call, so I think we have a groove already. But yeah, Fingers was here. That's about the point he'd dial out. It's like, oh shit, we're talking about Star Trek again. I'm gonna go get a drink. Yeah, I, yeah. Until the sun goes cold, I can talk about Star Trek. If <laughs> no problem. Look, I'm just saying, if we suddenly turn into the Roddenberry transmission, like I'm really sorry, but 
That's how yep. cards fall, kids. This is 100% true. Like, Nitroid, what did I message you before I was invited to be co-host on this show? Exactly that. When are we, yeah. He, he, <laughs> he sent me a DM saying, you know, when are we going to do the Roddenberry transmission? <laughs> like that oh, exact that's... title. Oh, wow. I, I already well, tried to set it up. I guess that's destiny then. What? What? Let's do See, this. I thought I knew a lot about Star Trek, but then I was talking to this guy and he's whipping out episode numbers and like, I don't know that much. I, uh, like, I'm not prepared for those conversations. I'm, I'm the same with everything, like whether it's, you know, t- TV shows, computer games, things I eat, the types of clothes. Things I wear. you like, eat? I, I, think, <laughs> the types of food I eat, like I eat the same thing all the time. I only wear Nike Air Force Ones. Um, like, can I you quote the, the, the ingredients list off of your favorite food? <laughs> No, like, not, right, not well, quite. This contains not like point zero three percent red dye number four, and like <laughs> no, not not quite. And I can't quote any digits of pi either, but I I, I like the same things. Wait, hold on. Kind of going back to the the blindfolded thing because I think we wanted to talk about that. Isn't that kind of how you like categorize and organize the sounds in MGS three to use to like cue up? certain events during those fights when you're blindfolded yeah you, you kind of have to um just just things as simple as like when you're doing an ocelot loop with stun grenades you need to listen for the sound of the stun grenade going off because you're blinded from the previous one so you you can't do your next action until it goes off there's other things like um when you do bullshire base south you run against the electric fence and you wait for in my case it's in japanese but you wait for the guard to say something and then and then you can move and if you do it slightly too early or slightly too late you get caught so a lot of the game does become based around sound anyway do you feel like you've had sort of like a profound revelation or your relationship with the sound design in the game has changed by yes Absolutely, and I don't think people are going to like hearing this, but the sound in Metal Gear Solid Three is bad, and there's so many problems <laughs> with it. Um, right, define <laughs> like bad. You, you can, you can, like the music is great, obviously. The individual, it's like got an iconic sound, right? The weapons sound great. It's the way it's mixed, so you can't change any of the sound variables independent of each other, and that's been the case in a few of the Metal Gear releases, anyway. Um, the boss music is way too loud. It like drowns every other sound out in the game and it can just get more intense randomly later in fights. So it like overcomes all of a sound. Take a fight like the Fury. If he's on your left, you can hear it in your left cup. And if he's in the right on the right, you can hear it in the right cup. But you can't tell distance at all. All of the sound, as long as he's on your left, he can be in any of those like long corridors you can't pinpoint where he is based on sound and all the time you've got that really loud boss music and you can just you can just hear him and he could be stood next to you or he could be stood at the other end of the building there's no way to differentiate and then the other problem it's got is sounds of the in the game can just straight up overwrite each other so if you throw a stun grenade and ocelot talks as it's going off he'll just delete the sound of the of the grenade going off completely so it's 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 the mixing that's the problem, and there's no way to change it. I wonder if that's the case for later games, uh, given the the better hardware, because there was a lot of emphasis given to Metal Gear Solid 4's uh, audio mixing. Uh, they were they were very concerned about getting that right. If I remember right, they actually mixed it at Skywalker Ranch. I I did not know that. That's or uh, or, or whatever. What what's it called? What's George the the you know what I'm talking about. Not the Yeah, I, I don't think, know if it's the ranch. It's Skywalk, or... Skywalker Ranch. That would make sense with uh, Gregson Williams doing the music, right? Skywalker Sound. I don't know if it's at the ranch. Someone who actually knows Star Wars and and <laughs> and how Hollywood mixing is done <laughs> will be able to correct me on this. But wherever wherever whatever I'm talking about, that's where they did it. <laughs> it's been a while. I think it's a, an example of where the games went backwards. I always say, like, you know, Metal Gear Solid 1 to 2, 2 was a massive improvement in a lot of ways, and then to 3, they improved so many systems massively. They went backwards in audio, and in 2, you can turn the game uh, music to zero, leave all the sound effects on, you can change them independent of each other. Yeah. And then in 3, you just can't. It's just the volume on your TV or in your headphones. That's it. 
Do you remember how granular the audio settings were in uh, in four Nitroid? I don't think you had a lot of options. It's not something you really think about, but I remember Apache messaging me like, remind me to say something about the sound in MGS3. And I thought it was going to be something nice. <laughs> Look at us having a sound mixing conversation without fingers. Without here. fingers. I know. I know. <laughs> he's going to be he's going to be listening to this and he's going to be screaming <laughs> at the computer like idiots. They don't know what they're the, talking about. Well, the, the mixing is going to be straight poo. Well, I know uh, the audio in MGS4 was was uncompressed, I think. Or, I, I, or, I can't remember it. it was uncompressed or just lossless, but that was a big reason why the game had to be on a dual-layer Blu-ray. I think it's one of those things where people are going to be like, well, why don't you try looking at the screen if you're going to complain about MGS3? Like, I, I love MGS3. I, <laughs> I, I play it constantly. So if I do complain about something in it, it really is from a place of love, and I have really thought about it before I say it you know it's it's it makes it more challenging to play blindfolded at the end of the day but i'm just gonna so do you get think over it and do it you think mgs2 would be easier to play blindfolded just because of the audio differences not just that but can i complain about mgs3 again <laughs> i'll do it <laughs> it's, it's your reputation man not sure. <laughs> uh so with metal gear solid 2 uh you can play it blindfolded much easier just not just because of the sound reasons but um the DualShock 3 sucks, and just movement in MGS3 has huge problems with controllers. Um, when you push up on the analog stick, you don't always get a, like a true north movement, and you need to do things to get around that. Some people have tried using uh, fight sticks, or you can use a gimmicks adapter, which I, I did speak about quite a lot last time I was on. Basically, you can't trust the directions of your controller without physically looking at snake and where he's moving and then correcting on the fly you 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 don't get the same movement on the left stick every single time even if you push it in the same direction with mgs2 just with it being through the pc and being able to make sure those inputs are coming out every single time it's just going to be way way easier to do blindfolded um it's a while away but i'm i'm definitely going to try that as well and i wonder again, about um doing it on the pc version because you can turn music off yeah, exactly that. It'll help massively being able to get rid of the music. And MGS1 is exactly the same as well. You can turn all the game music off. Even just the fact that MGS1 on the PC, has um, it only has eight-way movement. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but it only yeah. it won't let you do I was full. dealing with that, which I'll get to later. <laughs> it's mostly a bad thing, right? But when, when you're blindfolded, that actually becomes kind of a good thing. Because you can never mess up the movements. You're only you're only ever going to get one of eight. Right. Yeah. I can, I can definitely see that. And I was going to say on the integral PC version, I know that um, maybe that this can help you. That the uh, the the track looping is kind of weird, where like the track just like restarts in the middle, like the the background music restarts in the middle of the track going. Like it does never fades out. It never loops correctly. Have you guys ever heard that? Yeah, um, there's, yeah, there's uh, people who've like put the proper sounds, I guess, from the from the PlayStation version into that game. So I think that comes as like standard with the fix as well. So I think it fixes that issue, like as standard. Oh, okay, nice. One of the engineers, one of the software engineers for the PC port of Metal Gear Solid, talked a little bit about the problems they had with the audio. Really, really, the problems they had with everything uh, when developing that. And sound was a big one because they were never given Konami's internal sound mixer. And there were some other resources that they didn't get a hold of in a timely fashion. And so in order to get the music into the game, they actually had to, in some cases, record it from the PS1 version. <laughs> or as they put it, they stole it from Metal Gear fan websites that had the tracks available to download. And that's what they used in the final game. Oh, Lord, they didn't. This was I just realized this was probably before LimeWire, too. So they yes. couldn't use that. Yeah. So these are going to be like really low quality MP3s that they used and weren't able to loop because they were essentially all, you know, flattened at that point. It's kind of an interesting juxtaposition, too, between the, the high res textures that still look great to this day and then the background audio just being kind of bonk. Yeah, I've, I've heard. I've heard that story, um, and I've told that story wrong as well to people. But um, I mean, 
from playing the PC port, you can definitely tell that they had issues with a lot of things. It's a it's a very janky port, but it's also uh, a fantastic game. You should experience. You should definitely experience the PC version of uh, MGS One. I always uh, joke that it's made by four guys in a bedroom, but I yeah, think it much. might have been a little bit more professional than that. But <laughs> it's got <laughs> that feel. It was four guys in a storage room. Thank you very much. Nah, I um I did I ended up playing it, streaming it yesterday actually, and not not MGS one, but MGS VR. Uh and you're correct in that it's very janky. Those very binary directional controls, I mean, I'm sure they helped you. They would help you in a in a blindfold situation, but they don't help when shooting those like UFO nods yeah. nodes or whatever the fuck they're <laughs> called they called it ufo on one of the ng levels and then it's so like i find vr missions like so quirky because they put in all of these like random assets that you know they're obviously not prioritized because they're just going to be used for one like mini game in this game but they're still so charming like going through the mystery my favorite part of the game the only part i still play these days is the mystery puzzles oh those are great seeing the like the shattered glasses or like the popsicle that's like just like a like a four polygon or like an eight polygon cube (laughs) on like a stick and seeing it with the jankiness of the pc port it's just it's a very charming experience i have to say and i forgot how like I, I played through the mystery missions, but I forgot how fun some of the variety and um, I think they're called like M- NG missions were like uh, fucking like shooting down the UFOs with your with the stinger. They basically yeah. made Metal Gear Galica. Do they have the Ginola guard in MGS1 VR where you have to hide from him and he's like a, he's like a huge guard? No, I know you don't have to two. hide from him, but you do have to shoot him down. And two, there's one, there's like missions where you have to like right. run through, and if he sees you, you lose. Yeah, and right. The, the GW kernel brings it up as well, right? Like, uh, yeah, towards the, the end of the game, mentions it in a codec. Right. On the mystery missions, I just I gotta mention, I love the last one they give you, where you basically spend five minutes in an office room, looking at at. At, like fucking yeah. assets. <laughs> and there's all these like red herring clues that it zooms in on and gives you the dramatic string music where it's trying to make you think like, okay, this is important. It's going to have something to do with figuring this out. And the time just keeps running out. And there's like 30 items in this room that you can investigate. And they're all just like these, like whether it's supposedly blood on the floor or a portrait or or something broken or scratches there's, on the desk. There's actually a previous I was playing this and I fell for it again, even though I played through this like eight times. There's a TV with the previous mystery mission playing. There's a sword. There's a picture of the genome soldier with Kojima Productions. And there's like somebody <laughs> also dead in the picture. There's a there's a scratch of a clue like the killer scratches initials as tk the killer but yeah i'm sorry can continue but but yeah and then at like the timer gets down to like 10 seconds and you have no idea what to do in this room it's just complete nonsense and then at the last second uh the guard gets up and he had knocked himself out accidentally he's not dead and and you win the mission automatically so the whole thing was a red herring just to screw with you (laughs) They tricked us like multiple times with the VR as well. I spoke about this before, and I hope I hope I didn't speak about it when I was on the episode last. But um, the ninja missions. There's three ninja stages in MGS One VR, and they made the whole ninja character that you can play as through these stages. And then there's only three of them, and he's on the he's on the back of the box, right? I know. I, the back of the box. The back of the box. When you load up the game, he's on the play main as menu. The ninja. Yeah. They made a whole platforming. Minutes. A whole platforming session. Not even five minutes. You got the, the the timing record's like a minute, 40 seconds, and then 20 seconds for the last mission. It's so annoying, too, because it's done so well. Yeah. You and guys they built did this it. great, these great mechanics for playing as the ninja that you barely get to use. You How, how long did they spend it, on those mechanics it, just to not so use good. them? It, he has a full, he has a like a sword dash, which you can change the range of by slightly um, altering the left analog stick when it comes out. And you it can has go like, invisible. Doesn't it have it like iframes too? Yeah. 
he ha- he has a shield. He can go completely invisible. Like controlling the ninja feel in MGS One VR feels better than anything. The movement is fantastic. Like I spent hours and hours and hours on Ninja One. Like it's my favorite stage. Um, finding all creative ways to be able. Basically, you have Ninja One is you have fifteen targets in a room and you have to go and hit them. They're just like wooden targets and there's guards in the way, and you go all around this level that has like two floors. Uh, it feels fantastic to play. It's so fun, but that's literally it. You get three stages. One of them's really good. This is like um, proto guy savage <laughs> level stuff. It could have been its own game. Yeah, I honestly think it could have been its own game. Um, <laughs> Uh, but then in, they did the same thing in MGS2 as well. On the back of Substance, there's a picture of the Raiden, what we know is Raiden Ninja, but it looks it just looks like Mr. X, Olga. It looks like you can play the tanker as Ninja. Like, that's the impression you get from it. So, and then, again, it's just the VR stages, and it's just Raiden with a sword. Man, <laughs> okay. So the whole lead-up to Substance was something else. There was a lot of deception with that. The marketing very much made it seem like you were going to be able to play the tanker. Like, not the tanker, but the you were going to be able to play Snake's mission on the big shell, essentially. And if you go back, this whole period of, of MGS2 and Substance was really when Kojima started to sort of play games with his audience in the marketing rather than just in the games. And if, if there's something earlier than that, then, then somebody please, you know, please show me. But the trailer for Substance, uh, when it starts, has all of these cherry-picked quotes that make it seem like, ah, MGS2, the one you got, wasn't the real game. This is. <laughs> this is. This is the actual one, and we've been hiding it this whole time. So, like, it's very, like, cleverly chosen lines from the game of characters like alluding to that right and then they show all these clips showing snake on the big shell and vr missions and weird things like pliskin holding up a guard and the guard evaporating and you know some of it you could sort of intuit out and figure out what it what you know what it was but for the most part everybody thought that you were going to get snake's mission on the big shell because of how it was presented and, and just to this day, you could do that game now and people would still want it. Like people yeah. still want to be able to do that now. Like I, I sure as hell do. Like I, that's the exact impression I got as well. Aside from wanting to play as the ninja, which had been a holdup from MGS1 anyway. Like I'd wanted to do that for, you know, years at that point anyway. Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? People wanted a sequel to Metal Gear Solid 2. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's uh yeah, it's if if you know what your audience wants that that well that you can play games with them, yeah. why don't you just let them have it? It was so funny too because it fed into some of the rumors that were already flying around. After Metal Gear Solid 2 was developed, there were rumblings of Metal Gear Solid X. There was going to be a Metal Gear Solid game for for the Xbox. Kojima said they were doing something for the Xbox. Nobody knew what it was. And then I think it was um Game Pro magazine, I could be wrong about that, but one of the gaming magazines put out a one-page article around April Fools that had basically like Metal Gear Solid X where where you get Snake's side of the story. And they had all these like for the time they were pretty convincing uh photoshopped images that showed like Snake fighting Ocelot and uh controlling Pliskin from the helicopter during the Harrier battle and <sighs> and, and things oh like God. that. Yeah. And so like everyone at the time was freaking out because they were so the timing was suspicious, but they were so well done. And there was nothing in the text that implied that it was a joke that there was just an, like there was just enough uncertainty there that people were like, well, maybe it's not a joke. Like, like just I mean, look at it, right? <sighs> And you can kind of tell by today, like if you go back and look at it now, obviously it kind of looks fake. But at the time, that was that kind of blew everybody's mind. So when Substance got announced and it was coming to Xbox, which that ended up being what it was, it was Substance got early exclusivity on the Xbox. It came out on the Xbox first and then PS2 and PC later. Everybody figured, oh, man, so this is it. This is what it's going to be because uh, it's look it's showing Snake. And yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> 
It's a damn good version of the game, though. That Xbox uh, version of Substance is what the PC port's based on as well. It's a really, really good version of the game. Man, I got to yeah. disagree. I, I got a hard disagree with you on that one. Maybe, maybe the PC version runs okay uh, with patches, but on Xbox, like, man, I wanted to play that game so bad that I straight up bought an Xbox and a copy of that game just so I could play it when it came out. When I beat it, and then when it came out on PS2, I sold the Xbox. That was the only reason I wanted it. And that game runs so poorly on the Xbox that it will, yeah. bl- like, it, it's staggeringly bad how low the frame rate is on that. I, I think, yeah, I was just saying it from a point of view of, like, it, it because it became the PC version, which I think is the best version uh, of, of Metal Gear Solid 2. Ooh. <laughs> don't even have pressure sensitive controls, man. I don't want them. <laughs> Get rid of them. I hate it's pressure part sensitivity. Of the experience. I know, but you're a you speedrunner. You've got a different perspective I'll, I'll, on this. But you still you still have the exact same thing pressure sensitivity does on the PC. So you just hold in the left thumbstick and your gun will never go off. So if you want to put the gun down, you just hold the left thumbstick in and let go of square. It's yes. so much better than trying to mess with an aging pressure sensitivity that is like you can't. Plus, you don't got skateboarding. True. No, true. True. I, someone did a, a run of evolution skateboarding at GDQ and they did the Solid Snake uh, run. <laughs> that game is so annoying like, to play. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like a bad version of Tony Hawk's, <laughs> it right? Is. It's like, it really, it's like is. really rough com- in comparison. <laughs> but does Tony Hawk's have Solid Snake in it? Nope. So. Does it have yeah, that Star remix stay of the MGS2 game? Yeah, it's got the whole thing. <laughs> exactly. It's a whole game. Like Konami's idea with Evolution Skateboarding is actually pretty novel. They wanted to sort of mix action-adventure game elements into a skateboarding game. So like, they didn't just want a skateboarding game. They wanted like a skateboarding game with boss battles, which is like drifting <laughs> into like, some jet-set radio territory. And, and it's such a good idea, but it's done so badly, right? Yeah, it's the, it's not great. Yeah, the the mechanics are really rigid and and it's hard to do anything. You don't feel like you have a lot of control. The objectives are really obtuse and it's difficult to get anywhere to get things done and they're usually like put just far enough out so like if you pull it off, you've got barely a second. Like you got to be perfect to get a lot of this stuff done. At least if you're me and you know, you're terrible at skateboarding games, but but it's got solid snake. So, you know, when when are they going to add boss battles to the other franchises? Like, do could Pro Evo have that? That'd be sick too. You just imagine like Ginola showing up in the middle of a football field. <laughs> Quick, Cristiano Ronaldo! You must hit him with your football. Yeah, I I could see it. I'd play the shit out of that. Let's, yeah, I, Konami, what are you uniform? doing? We we need to stop talking. Actually, they might get onto this. <laughs> First one's free, Konami. Indie devs are um, going to get on this. We need we need more sports games mixed with weird combat mechanics. It's not that out, if you're going to add them to a skateboarding game, it's not that out. It's not that out there to add them to football. I miss uh, being able to punch people's lights out in SSX. I will say that. Yes, or being able to um, dogpile people in NFL Blitz. Yeah. <laughs> Since we're on the topic of MGS2, I know this is kind of like late, but Detroit. Can you kind of get into sort of this deal about your uh, the scavenger hunt that you're doing for MGS2? Oh, right, right. So that kind of crashed and burned. <laughs> but the idea <laughs> oh, was... never mind then. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, nobody, nobody really cared. It's okay. Here's the gist of it. So in MGS2, scattered around the levels, you'll find uh, serial numbers occasionally. Now, some of them are nonsense, as far as I know. Some of them, however, are actually the developer level designations. So I'll give you an example. Um, When you're developing a game and you have to itemize everything, you're not going to list long file names, you know, that have the full names of the maps you're working on when you're when you're programming something. Right. It's not going to be like tanker floor two area. Like, it's not going to have that long name. They're just going to give it like a serial number, a short designation. So. Tanker hold number one. Uh, the designation for that is W04B. W meaning, I believe, world, if I'm remembering correctly. And if you look on the floor in the hold, in giant lettering, just as part of like the environmental flavor text, you know, or whatever you want to call it, uh, is W04B-1. 
So they've, they've taken the actual developer designation that they use and have used it to add a bit of flavor to that map. And they've done that in several locations throughout the game. And I was hoping to see if I could find out where every single one was. Because I don't know where all of them are, but I know where a good handful of them are. So, like, uh, Strut F Warehouse is W22A, and you'll see that on the wall to the left when you're going down the stairs, you know, from the top floor. Uh, Arsenal Gear has them. So, like, in the uh, the Sigmoid colon area where you fight the uh, all the Tangus in that circular room, that's W45A, and you'll see it right on the floor by the walkway. So, I mean, like, they're scattered all over the place, and it's really neat that they did that to sort of give a little bit of extra detail to the world. So if you if you if you go through the game and you see anything like that, shoot me a message. Let me know. I'd really like to see more of those. Yeah, I was uh, aware of those codes. Like when you posted about that, I saw them straight away. Like, uh, and I recognized them. Um, but it was from the uh, dev save. So if you use the dev save to load areas in the game, they 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 don't just say like plant or they don't say strut f. They, right, they say right. those those codes, those W codes. So I recognize them straight away. They're, they're also in three uh, on the developer save. So I wonder, I doubt they did it in three and put them anywhere. Just because they wouldn't but mesh with that world's be... design as yeah. easily. Yeah. But I'm wonder. interested to see if they are anywhere, though. Yeah, maybe in like, I, I wonder if they'd pop up in Groznygrad. Because yeah, that seems or, like the kind the of place they... Yeah, maybe not on the Shagohod, but I don't know. If, if they're going to be anywhere, they'll be in those more... Uh, urbanized areas and that's all i got to say about that yeah no thank you for explaining (laughs) that i know i've asked you to explain it like three times so that's always appreciate another one you know it's funny when you were talking about like the bad photoshops of metal gear solid x and it kind of reminded me of back in the day when you saw those photoshops of like Link finding the Triforce in Arcarina of Time. Right, yeah, or Luigi in Mario 64, which actually ended up being kind of (laughs) true. But I think people are going to see why I'm saying this when I transition to this point, but I've missed those days more than the rumor mongering that we have today. And I say that... Those days came back, right? Those days came back recently with that Metal Gear Solid 6 fall of Big Boss. And everyone was going crazy about it, and yeah. like I don't, I don't know what everyone was doing. I took one look at that and was like, "Are you, are you kidding me?" It's, that is one of the so oldest I just... pieces of fan art ever. Like I could, was that guy? That guy was just shit posting, right? The guy who shared it that. It didn't seem that way from like or... the way the way people were interacting <laughs> with it. It didn't seem like he was joking or people thought he was joking. As if they're gonna call a game the fall of Big Boss. This like, is like I, I, some pose law shit going on here. It's almost too cringe to bring up. It looks like it was made in paint. It's so bad. It gives me a hunt down the Freeman energy. If anybody that remembers is, that. That is the exact vibe I get from Abandoned, by the way. Yeah, that was actually what I was gonna refer to, is that I would rather go back to shitty photoshops and artwork than dealing with like <laughs> this whole situation. People like, oh God, people like messing around and looking up Unity assets. I I don't even know where to begin here. Okay, well, let's Um, recap a little. So this studio called what? Blue Box Game Studios, right? They had a trailer that they showed for. Did they call it survival horror specifically? When they first showed it off, no, did, didn't they have their own? They had their own name for it. I'm sure. Yeah. I don't think they called it survival horror. They had like some, their own. Some character wandering in a dead forest around some some dilapidated buildings, uh, and the game's called abandoned. And the voiceover was hilariously bad. And for some people, that somehow communicated PT and Silent Hills to them, or Silent Hill, or whatever you want to call it at this point. And I I didn't get that from it at any point. But somehow that became the talking point surrounding it. And, you know, I guess people are still suffering from PTSD after PT inexplicably went away. So they're looking for any reason to believe that, hey, maybe Kojima will come back and do this again, even if there's really no evidence for it. So fast forward, I want to say a couple months, something like that. And the developers for this company put out this tweet that says, uh, this isn't really our game's name. It's got another name. Can you guess what it is? 
It starts, you know, it, it, here's our... It, <laughs> it starts with an S and ends with an L. Starts with an yeah. S and ends with an L, and everyone's like, oh my god! And and starts freaking out because they think it's Silent Hill, and it, re- it sort of it confirmed what they had already believed. So then people start, started kind of going down that rabbit hole of, okay, well, what is this? You know, look at this guy. He's got the same initials as Kojima. This studio came out of nowhere. Why is Sony giving them attention? How can they have this much... Uh, press without having done anything before uh and basically any little tidbit of information that pointed in the direction of maybe this is kojima was parroted constantly people were creating answers to questions that weren't being asked they were they were connecting dots together from like the most ridiculous notions and bits of information. I literally had someone tell me that they tracked down this guy's information. This is a true story, right? Someone told me that they tracked down this guy's information, this Hassan guy's information on Google, found his personal information and his cell phone number that was listed uh, on some website, started calling it and believed that it was telling them a code when they rang his number. People went, actually bat shit for this oh, tweet crying out it, loud. It, it, it went it went nuts it, like, it went zero to a hundred just in a few hours it was and, it, it, embarrassing and we're not even all the way caught up yet but but the <laughs> the larger point though is that the, any information that contradicts this idea is immediately ignored if, if you want to know if something is true or not the scientific method if you want to follow that says that you don't look for things that confirm what you believe. You try to disprove it. No one is trying to no one who wants to believe this is trying to disprove it. They're trying to find things that they can prove it, and that's not how figuring out the truth works. You have to find evidence that goes against what you believe. If you can't, then you might have something. So I'll give you an example of, of evidence that sort of contradicts this. You can go into the Internet Archive fairly, fairly easily and find their old website and their old projects. This company has been around since 2015. So unless you're going to tell me that Hideo Kojima has been playing the long game on this for seven fucking years, then... <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you at that point if that's what you honestly believe. He spent seven years on it, and this is what he came up with? Like, are we even fans of the same person? Like... This, this is, is such not, a hokey execution. Work. No, it's not because it doesn't even have the same vibe to it. It's it's so it's such a ha- this comes off like what someone thinks Kojima does, not what he actually does. His yeah. it's like, stuff it's like he does he spent, is very curated. This is all over the place. It's like he spent it's like, seven years to come up with a hacky version of something he's already done before. Yeah, Kojima's like, idea of a effect. game that looks bad is PT. Like, you remember when he said that, like, oh, we made PT to look bad because we wanted people to think it was an indie studio and everybody thought he was crazy? Like, that's his idea of something looking bad. Abandon and the marketing around it has typos all over the place. Okay, so either he upped his game like mad or this ain't him. Okay. <laughs> That is one point I thought of was like, you know, (laughs) even if this was some sort of ruse and 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 I feel like the the most pie in the sky possibility is that this is it's it's it is a ruse for something that's that's bigger on behalf of Konami. But even if it was in that scenario, it would, like you said, just come off as like a Kmart version of what Kojima pulled off with PT. So I I don't understand why it's so satisfying. And and like. A point further, I mean, these guys had a page on IndieDB.com for their canceled games that they couldn't get off the ground. You know, that's not a dig at them, but I'm saying, like, th- these are not the guys you think they are. Yeah, and and because they've accidentally landed themselves in this massive controversy, they only have two cards to play, right? They can they not play into this, and their stuff will be ignored and get like not even 1% of the interaction it was getting before or they play into it and start posting like stock images of people with you know <laughs> a, a, a eye patch on and you know the the, the 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 like traffic that that brings their games kind of speaks for itself they, they because of the way it's gone down now they don't really have a hand to play that that's how i feel about it well i think they're playing their hand pretty well to be honest so to to catch it up the recent thing that's got everybody going nuts is they put out this teaser image 
that had a blurred character behind the title of the game. And the blurred character looks suspiciously like Big Boss, right? Well, yeah, I mean, he looks it's, suspiciously looks like, like Sagat or, from Street Fighter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's got an eye patch on his left eye, so like people are like, well, maybe it's solid. Like, okay. He looks so suspiciously like the dude from Yakuza. <laughs> it's Goro Majima. I'm I'm very excited about this. Um so so like like let's roll it back for a minute here. Okay, people who think that there's something behind this. Just a week ago, you swore up and down that this was Silent Hill. And now you're swearing up and down that it's Metal Gear. So which is it? Either this is some bizarre, unprecedented Metal Gear Silent Hill crossover, or you're being played. I mean, <laughs> I can't believe I have to even I'm, explain this to people. It I, just <laughs> I'm buying that game on release, and I'm going to enjoy it so much. I don't even <laughs> like horror games. I'm going to enjoy it so much because I'll just be... It, it, like you know, I'll, I'll never felt so right in my whole life, and I can't believe I even had to argue this with people in the first place. Like it ain't, it ain't, it ain't him, it ain't Kojima. Well, this, ain't, I mean, this is not the Messiah. I mean, two two points here. One, uh, just to kind of finish what I was saying before, they're playing their hand very well because they came out and they made that very public statement, and it's pinned on their Twitter account that they are not in any way associated with Konami or Kojima, and of course, everybody immediately goes, oh, well, that's just, you know, that's exactly what Kojima would say, right? Kind of kind of like when I told people that Tom Olson had nothing to do with Konami. Funny that. You can <laughs> tell people point blank that what they think is wrong and they won't believe you. So yeah, you do have probably the best perspective on all this so, now that I think about it. <laughs> so, so from their perspective, the fact that they said that sort of covers their asses, right? Like, they can... Anything they do from this point onward, they can always point back to that message they put up early on and say, look, hey, we told people what we did, uh, and they didn't listen, which gives them carte blanche to do whatever the hell they want with their marketing. Yeah. So they are going to play this up all the way... Honestly, when this when this demo or or watchable teaser or whatever the hell they're doing comes out it's probably not going to make things better. It's probably not going to dissuade people from thinking it's it's Metal Gear or Silent Hill, whatever. It's probably going to make things worse because they would be stupid not to. At this yeah, point... They're, they're like talking about how they, they have to show the trailer on some sort of like secret video format. And it's probably because if you put that thing on YouTube, it's going to have 100 billion dislikes. Is it... Uh, isn't, there, isn't there also some like also a great point isn't there also some sort of like mobile app component to it and that's the novelty it's okay so here's the idea and people think this is amazing and and they can't understand how like these no these devs that no one's heard of would be allowed to do this and from a developer point of view it's not that amazing it really isn't so what they're doing is they're putting up what is essentially a trailer in what they're calling an app, and the trailer, rather than being a video that's played, it's running in real time. Okay? Now, now so let ba me... So basically like a, a benchmark test. Yes, exactly. Which is a great way of putting it. Or, to recontextualize it a different way, it's a demo that you can't play. Okay? <laughs> they can call it whatever they want. Yeah, I, I, get, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, it's kind of like, you know... Um, in a game like Dota 2, you can have a replay of the game and it's yes. shown inside of the game. It's, yes. Yeah, that, that makes absolute sense. Smash, Programmatically, Smash this is not thing. complicated. I, I actually it's... heard somebody make the argument that there's no way Sony would let any, you know, run-of-the-mill indie developer do something this amazing and sophisticated. <sighs> like, why would they let them do that? They, you, like, this is new technology. No, they made a demo and they disabled the controller, you idiot. They probably didn't even ask Sony. Like, hey, we're doing this. Okay, cool. Honestly, if you spend twenty minutes diving through the PlayStation Store into the like the bowels of that thing, you will see shit that will make you go, "Why did Sony allow this?" And that's exactly the point. They don't pay attention, generally. Now, that's what happened was Sony has a lot of talent scouts, and one of them probably saw this game and went, "Hey, that looks really cool." Because it's just passably impressive enough to look like a really cool AAA experience. 
And you know, I don't, I don't want to trash the game. I'm really, I don't know anything about what this game is going to be. It could be amazing. It could be awful. Like we're just, we're just talking about what we can see here. Okay. So, I'm, buying, I'm buying the special edition when it comes out. I'm getting Hassan to sign it. I can't so, wait for this game. Th- this is a company that has a console that's selling like gangbusters, but doesn't have a lot of games out on it. So, of course, they're going to want to put as much of their best that they have front and center. And sometimes that may not always be the best. <laughs> I guess what I'm trying to come around to saying is that this is ultimately kind of mundane if you understand how these things actually work. And part of the reason that everyone's going so crazy about this is because they romanticize the whole enterprise of game making and and just I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going in circles here because I've talked about this. God knows how many times on this show, but that's pretty, what, what you just described is pretty much the theme is things are so mundane. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I mean, we're just we're in the marketing marketing stage of game development like that. They're, they're trying to sell you a game and. Let's be honest, they're doing a pretty good job. Yeah. And especially they're gonna, for the size of the company. They're going to ride this hype wave all the way up to release as long as they can, unless something stops them. So that, what I, I, this is my guess. My, my guess is that they're going to stoke these flames as much as they safely can without outright saying, hey, we're Silent Hill or Metal Gear, right? They're going to they're gonna play with the imagery and they're going to keep playing with the imagery up until the game comes out. And what they're probably hoping is that their game is good enough that it will essentially survive any negative press that they get once the cat's out of the bag. You know, like I, I can I can imagine some reviewer writing something like "Abandon may not be Silent Hill, but it's still a great time. You know, like I can I <laughs> that, can see that, that article. like that feels like a very robbing Peter to pay for Paul method of of yeah. of of product management. But if you're uh, a new developer and, and you've got all this attention on you, it's it's the smartest move you can make. They're not wrong. My prediction is a, a it's a much more bleaker one, and it'll be interesting to see you know who was right. But I think they're going to get those wax wings melted off, and I reckon people are going to they're, they're like the excitement and enjoyment that people are having at the idea of this game being something it's not is going to quickly turn to like really dark hatred against yep. this against this company and they're going to want to burn it to the ground and they're going to want everyone who's working their fight like it's it's dark but i've seen it happen before oh, and yeah. i think we're going to get like a no man's sky level event <laughs> yeah that's it's, entirely it's, possible too it's stuff that's you're right in that it's not unprecedented and I, the truth be told okay from the perspective of a person that runs a metal gear podcast i just want to like not give this the energy because I do feel like it's people taking advantage of, I feel like, you know, the developers are taking advantage of a very, uh, like you said, who have PTPSD. Um, <laughs> that's going to be the title episode, by the way, but you, you put it way um, better than I did. Well, no, well, like what I'm trying to say is, you know, they're taking advantage of that, which, which I think is, it feels kind of bad. And then on the other side, like Apache said, like it, there's a possibility, there's a very large possibility that they're risking their own, you know, safety or reputation to build off this marketing. Um, so it's it's it's, it's something that I, I don't want to put into energy into as a Metal Gear hashtag content creator. But as somebody who just loves watching like scams, like cults and MLMs and like fire festival and shit like that like this is fascinating to me um i i I don't think though unlike like fire festival and herbalife and stuff i don't think they were trying to sell anyone snake oil i think they they got like too into something accidentally and like Mm -hmm. i was saying before with only two options from here is either ride this wave of like put you know possible hell that's coming for them further down the line or they just like completely ignore it and you know they go back to getting no interaction they, they've only got two hands and the one the plane is the the more obvious choice to market the game well you're, you're looking at this in a, a lot more of a positive not positive light but in a more empathetic light than i am so they're just trying to make money that's what you make games the game developers right they want to make money that's, that's they got work every day they this is the marketing people, right? Their job is to sell the game. It's a cutthroat market. That's what they're going to do. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. It's like a fine line between marketing and just straight up scamming. Also, uh, we, uh, we had two Herbalife references in this <laughs> episode, which means we're going to we're gonna like be great. We're gonna, you're going to be a great addition, Apache. Continue. So, 
So, um, real quick, I gotta say, like, there's a third option here. Oh. Uh, just, we gotta humor it for a second. Devil's Advocate, okay? There's like a 0.1% chance. What if it is? Oh my god, is he just confirmed it's Metal Gear Solid Silent <laughs> Hill? This game is Metal Gear Solid. Everyone, quick. So, <laughs> Tom Olson said it, y'all. <laughs> must be true i will i will say this if it is why would you want it to be kojima has done this trick twice now do you really want him to do the same one a third time i would rather him try something new you know like okay you created a fake company and you teased a game that was actually part of a franchise that we know we've been there let's do something else i would just like i I have more respect for kojima than this that's why yeah, I, I don't like think it's, it's just, him. Yeah. I feel like it's just a hacky version of something that's already been done. It would be weird for the same thing to be done again. Yeah. And uh But if it is, I'm gonna go on just, a massive bender. <laughs> I think I, I think uh, you know, Shane Smith says she's coming to live at my house if it's if it's Metal Gear, so <laughs> I guess I'll be dealing with that. <laughs> I'll watch that show. But with that being said, uh we are at about like an hour-ish. We realize this episode's a little hackney, but again, the great fingers, the organizer of this 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 our hashtag content. We want him to relax and, and recover as best as possible. So there may be a little bit of adjusting to what you guys are used to, but we're still gonna try our best. And it won't be for so long. Yeah, it'll be God, fine. go back and, and listen to our first episode. <laughs> Uh, I'd rather not. Back when, like, I had, like, my old, like, gaming headset mic. Oh, right. (laughs) Fun story. I got a, like, Yeti Nano, but I had it for, like, a whole, like, two months of episodes. I had it, the mic, the wrong way. So it's very muffled. It's very bad. Wait, is that what it was? Yeah, it was the wrong, it was the wrong direction. I didn't know that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like fingers, God bless him. Uh, he was like, "Where's your mic pointed?" And I was like, "Where's?" He's like, "Where's the power button?" Pointed? Where's I'm your like, mic it's, pointed? It's up. <laughs> it's put pointed up away from me. He's like, "No." Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we uh, we're gonna make a few changes to compensate. We're gonna be on a biweekly cadence, uh, so that means episodes every two weeks. But we're hoping to. Uh, complement that with a more side content, which I know we've been saying for a while, but I, I've been starting to stream back up. I, I wanted to talk about VR because I streamed MGS VR and I hope to do a lot more MGS stuff, uh, especially now that I got like Apache as like kind of a, you know, he, he chirps streaming ideas in my head, even if he doesn't realize it. Hell yeah. So that that's what I'm doing. I don't know if anybody wants to add anything. Well, this is also going to give us time. more opportunity to sort of uh, nail down guests in advance, and we won't always be scrambling to get them on our schedule and be stuck if if something falls through. For a while there, we we were just cranking out guest after guest after guest, and it's been a blast. But you guys have no idea how difficult it's been to make that happen. <laughs> so this is going to make our lives a little bit easier too, and make things like just quality better overall. Yeah. Yeah, because Ideally. let's be honest, there's not a whole lot happening right now in the world of Kojima. Uh, we've got the Death Stranding director's cut coming out, and that's about it. So, uh, you know, we can we can talk about that for hours every every boss. single day. Or, <laughs> you know, we can. We can <laughs> yeah, we've got we've got MGS six slash Silent Hills coming out. So yeah, I'm, I'm like this all the time as well. You've got, just got weeks of this. So, oh, man. Like, we miss but, you, fingers. <laughs> but we're really appreciative to you, Apache, for for filling in. Thanks for stepping up and being here. Yeah, you know, after after we after I was on the episode, that my only thought when I left was, you know, I I could I could happily do that every week. Um, so I was really happy when when you asked me to come and do it, and I'll I'll be here as as long as I'm needed. Thank you. Yeah. And he he was saying he Apache also always streams. Uh, he's. Going through blindfold MGS three as we said before. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to add? Yeah, just do some you know European extreme. I do Metal Gear Solid three. I do some blindfolded. I do random categories as well. And if you guys ever want to come on and just talk about the game as well, while I'm streaming. You know, you've been more than welcome to. All right, and then Ooh. I was gonna say, Nitro, is it? Did you want to talk about like any of your possible streaming plans or? Um. Yeah, and so 
just in general, keep an eye on the Twitter account for the Kojima Frequency, which is Kojima F-R-E-Q. And we'll be updating that page regularly with anything that any of us are doing. Uh, as for me personally, I've been looking at finishing uh, my my stream of Metal Gear Solid 4, which was requested. I'd be but, happy to help commentate that for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, please. Also, I would like to stream at some point SD Snatcher, which I think would be a lot of fun, which if you're not familiar with that, is basically the the entirety of Snatcher, but remade sort of as uh, a top-down RPG. It's pretty neat. It's also pretty difficult. And maybe some non-Metal Gear stuff uh, just to sort of branch out and try some different things. Like, I really want to play Siren uh, Blood Curse Ooh. at some point. Oh, it's so cut. good. Oh, I was about to, I was literally about to tell you the end of the game. I'm so glad I didn't. Yeah, don't. Because I've, I've played <laughs> like so one or I two didn't. missions of it. <laughs> And I'm so bad at it, but I really want to try and, and make it through that. Yeah, that game's hard. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, keep an eye out, and uh, we'll be putting up more streams and, and just more content in general. And uh, thank you all for being so patient with us. I know we've sort of been quiet for a bit, but we're trying to get back in the saddle here. So hang tight. Hang tight.